0: welcome to the hottest wellness podcast i've got time i'm cherry galore and i'm shakayla here we discuss personal growth relationships and how to embody the be better lifestyle (laughs) hi hey baby i knew you were literally gonna say that i literally was thinking in my head and i was like i said that before i'm not gonna say it this time Dang, I should have went with my first option then. <laughs> when was your first option?
1: Hey baby, hey baby, hey
0: girl, say, girl say. Yeah, you yeah, get it. I do. I really do fuck with, uh, no doubt. So yeah, how you feeling?
1: I feel good. Mm-hmm. I don't need to move to say that. <laughs> I feel Let good. It out. Feel good. <laughs> um. I'm hungry, per use. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I feel good. I feel uh, confident about what's happening, you know? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: How you feeling? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, like the other day we were talking and I... I feel like i kind of just like had this realization that i'm having some mental health issues mm-hmm. and so um i'm kind of like i don't know just trying to gain understanding of that because i obviously wasn't like present in how i was feeling mm-hmm. so um i don't know i'm feeling a lot of things i'm mostly just like don't have the urge or energy energy to do anything. I just want to sleep all day. I just want to do nothing. I don't know if it's like just seasonal. I don't know if it's the stress of the holidays. I don't know what it is. I just don't feel good. Like, I don't feel like myself. And um, yeah, that's kind of lame. But
1: it's good that you... Um, present in what's happening so you can take the next step to figure it out yeah yeah it's a good thing but you know it's definitely not a good (laughs) thing that you're feeling like
0: this but yeah I mean you know like I've dealt with depression before, you know, on multiple occasions. I've said before on a podcast, how, like, because I grew up in a traumatic environment and also I've been in traumatic relationships that I was depressed a lot of time and I didn't even know it because I'm like one of those people who are high functioning depressive. Mm -hmm. But I feel like this time it just feels different because now I'm like in my rest state. So it's like, I really am. At first I didn't know like, oh, I was giving self-care, right? But then... Y'all know when I start playing the Sims way too much, it's probably not yeah. self care. <laughs> yeah. It's like number one key indicator. And then just the fact that I haven't really been like wanting to clean, like I just don't feel like it. And that's like not my personality at all. I'm a clean ass person, like. So it's it's adding up and I don't like that. But you're right, it's a good thing to just know. Yeah. Damn, I didn't even put in an affirmation of the week. I'm going to have to, like, make something up on the spot. That's crazy. Well, how are you feeling right now?
1: What do you want to affirm in your life
0: Mm -hmm. before
1: yourself? I know for me, I want to just, I want to manifest stability in Mm -hmm. every way. Not just financially, but, girl, financially. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and spiritually,
0: you know. Well, I'm going to affirm that I am walking into a phase of ease and peace. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I hope you're all walking into an, another phase of ease and peace as well, because life be life in, Yeah. You know? Every day. (laughs) I feel like sometimes it's easier to just be depressed because it's like, I don't want to participate in this shit show. This is my personal experience is the more, I don't want to say evolved, but I'll say ascended that I have become the more detached I am from caring about certain shit and like work and school, all of that is starting to fall into it. Like, why Mm -hmm. am I, what is the point of all of this? So, I feel that. Yeah, I'm just trying to navigate that. Y'all let us know in the comments or you know the um, what is it like a review? S- yeah. send us a DM. Let us know how you're All feeling because we care about y'all. We want to know how y'all doing.
1: Yeah,
0: interact with us. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what are we discussing this week? This week.
1: We're talking about entitlement.
0: Mm. That's crazy. Entitlement. Yeah. So, what does that mean to you, to be entitled to something? I feel like it has different meanings. Yeah, depending on the context. Like, entitlement can be,
1: I just feel like I'm owed something. hmm Or I feel like people should just be behaving a certain way for whatever reason, Um, but also as long as it's benefiting me. Mm -hmm. Um, And to a certain degree, entitlement can be
0: having certain standards. I feel like the first option you gave to me is like the textbook definition of like you know you feel entitled to something then you're demanding a certain amount of this or quality of it yeah but i don't know if i totally agree that like entitlement and standards is the same thing because when you think about entitlement to me that's like almost like a personal thing it's not like you deserve everything for sure but are you entitled to everything no no So then when we kind of like overlap that with our standards, then you find yourself not being fulfilled in your relationships because you're trying to say I'm entitled to something instead of just saying this is like what I need. Yeah. Entitlement is like I have the right to this. Yeah. It's like you're deserving of it for sure, but do you have the right to it? I don't exactly know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think makes a healthy relationship? Like if say if we was including standards in that, like what do you think does that mean? Like entitlement in a healthy relationship? Entitlement in a healthy relationship? Us. Do you feel entitled to certain stuff in our relationship? Um I don't know if You can call it
1: maybe. I feel entitled to your soft side. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like give that to me, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I feel like that's really the only thing I can say I'm entitled to. Saying I'm entitled to your love feels like something I heard somewhere. Yeah. Like very much <laughs> programming. Because um, I'm not entitled to that. But I would love to continue to have it. Yeah. I feel
0: like that's the main difference in it. I feel like people use the word out of context for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they're really saying is this is my values But instead, they're coming off in, like, to me, like, it just doesn't feel good when you know that somebody thinks that they're entitled to something, especially if it's yours to begin with. So I don't know if entitlement has a healthy place in any relationship, to be honest, like, whether it's romantic or not. Trick question. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not a trick question. It's just your opinion and I'm sharing my opinion. It wasn't like we had to think the same thing or anything. I, um, I do not feel entitled to anything like I was sharing on the last episode, you know, my last relationship really taught me the value of detachment, you know, and with detachment, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be vulnerable with you or have closeness or intimacy with you. That just would me be me being like fearful, you know? But for me to be entitled, that means that I feel like I have some ownership over you and I don't, you know, I just want to enjoy you. Like I don't want to own you and I don't want to ever get so comfortable um, of the things that somebody do for me or how they treat me or anything like that because any of that is up to change and then I'll be looking crazy because... I got too attached to a certain version of somebody or whatever, you know, yeah. or certain things that they do. Like, I'm sure there was lots of things that I used to do in the beginning of a relationship that have like fell off or like I'm not as consistent that I used to be anymore. And that's because I'm different and not different is that I'm never going to do those things again. But like right now, in this point in my life, I don't have it to give, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I want to. But like, honestly, that's like would be me pouring from an empty cup. And so, I will feel the same way if it was you. And I don't want to ever be entitled to have more of you than you can afford to give yourself. So, yeah. Have you ever been entitled? I'm like, yeah, for sure. I used to feel entitled to like gifts, like physical gifts. Mm-hmm. My love language just has changed a lot over the years because I've become less materialistic or I feel... I feel less validated by material things. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Before, people could kind of like treat me a little bad as long as they were buying me
2: stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So I used to feel entitled to gifts. Like, if it's a holiday coming, like, where's my gifts at, my nigga? Like, I don't play that. You know, I used to feel like, oh, this person better go all out for my birthday. You know, like, I don't. Have those feelings, don't worry. But I definitely used to be like that in other relationships. I was like, where's my things, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that I also used to feel entitled to their time and their energy, which is completely unhealthy because, at least, of course, I'm not going to deny myself of my wants and my needs. Every person wants connection, especially if they're in a relationship yeah. with a person. But I definitely was doing too much, you know, like with the the expectation that somebody is always going to be available to you when you need them. And also my entitlement was causing to be selfish in my, my relationships. You know what I'm saying? I was like being self-centered because it was like, what about me? What about what I need? <laughs> what about me? Yeah. But I wasn't like really considering how that was depleting other people I, I was in relationships with because they were, making so much space for me in their life or in in other relationships, I realized they wasn't going to make the (laughs) space. Dang. it's like Humble you real fast. (laughs) (laughs) But then also told me my own boundaries because when we got into a relationship, there was things that I learned from that relationship or different people that I dated in between then that I was like, I want to show up as a different person in this relationship. I want to show up already having boundaries, already being clear on um, what your expectations are for the relationship. And also if I'm really able to meet them or not, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like the communication is the most important part of that because you might feel entitled in a relationship, but I feel like the longer that you're in it, the more that you actually get to know that person, then the more you realize this is actually real, a real person. It's not a fantasy. It's not a dream. You can't just control and manipulate the person to act exactly how you want to be in a relationship. And I used to be like trying to tell a story in my head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like I used to like meet the person and then all of a sudden my life, my head started getting filled with these different things of what our life could be like and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, girl, they have their own wishes and dreams too. You can't just write them into your own story. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Entitlement to be is not healthy. Entitlement feels like codependency to me. Yeah. yeah. After all that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Dang. Um, I feel like I used to be, I used to
0: feel entitled to everything. Mm-hmm. Like. Can I ask you, do you feel like, where do you feel like entitlement comes from? Do you feel like it's something that is like social pressure Do you feel like it's just a matter of individual people being kind of like selfish? Do you feel like it's something that we learn in our like formidable years? I think it's all of the above. Especially
1: the way you're raised and what you're taught about relationships anyway. Mm -hmm. You think that there's supposed to be a certain way. You think that (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs)
0: Dang, no. <laughs> <Nothing new home. laughs> um, it's like how you socialized like yeah on top of your own family's beliefs on top of things that you're seeing in the media on top of what you hear in music it's like you start to feel like you have rights to this i remember when i really started getting into like i'm not even gonna say just getting into it but the more music that will come out that'll be like women just talking about basically being city girls or getting money for these things. i start feeling like sh- i should be a sugar baby
2: i need somebody <laughs> to take
0: care of me i am entitled to that and it's like no you not <laughs> you are not and there's like nothing against women who have that confidence or that they feel entitled to a certain level of treatment but the thing is that you not entitled to it are you we all are deserving of it sure but then if that person tomorrow decide to stop paying your bills, that's it. You're not entitled to it because yeah. it's not in your control whether you can keep it or not. And I feel like if anything, life has taught me that anything can go. Whether it's a people, a place, a thing. like I'm not entitled to nothing. None of this stuff is mine. It's just temporary material shit relationships that is supposed to help Fulfilled me at one point in my journey or another. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I don't need to be so attached. Yeah. And there's a such thing as healthy attachment. You know, we should do an episode on the attachment style. So it'll be good. Did we talk about that before? Yeah, we did. Damn. (laughs) Check that episode out.
1: (laughs) What episode was that?
0: Oh, Couldn't tell you. Yeah, I don't know. We'll link it, I guess. So, do you believe in, like, the perfect partner? Um, (laughs) yes. You do? But
1: let me, I believe in the perfect partner because I believe in the perfect partner for you. Mm -hmm. Not like there's just somebody out there that's just perfect. Yeah. Because I feel like what we think perfect is, is just... Some cookie-cutter person and not somebody that's actually going to help us mm-hmm.
0: become who we're supposed to be. Or, I don't know. Just added value, period. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I definitely feel like that We def- there's definitely not a perfect partner. But, to me, the... I guess achievement of the perfect partner is really also just the achievement of acceptance mm-hmm. for other people. You know what I'm saying? And like understanding that relationships are built. So if I want to be with a perfect partner, then I need to first learn how to be more accepting of myself because it's a reflection of how I feel about myself. And then I automatically I'm going to be more accepting to the other people that I'm in relationships with, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be more just understanding of who they are and all the things that make them. And then you even begin to love stuff about them that maybe originally would have irritated you or something like that. Like there's never going to be a relationship where this person doesn't, might not get in your nerves on some capacity or, y'all have every single last thing in common Mm. or they love you exactly the right way that you want to be loved Mm. like that's not average because people do not put in the effort to have really good relationships like sometimes I think about when I was in other relationships, if I would have just worked on myself, would the relationship been better? But the truth is, no, because that other person still would have been them. You know what I'm saying? At yeah. that time, we both was on the same shit for real. It might not have been the same, same, same stuff, but we both was reflecting on each other. So, yeah, no. I feel like we are perfect for each other. i never been in a relationship where... um I was just this much me, mm-hmm. or just like, I don't know. It's like we both just be laughing at the same stuff. We could talk for hours. It's like things hours that. Hours. I, yeah, <laughs> in my money long voice, or however you say it. <laughs> I think um, the perfect partner is created. Is something that you have to work towards in relationship and not in a sense of, oh, it's going to be so hard. You know what I'm saying? It's (laughs) just learning to have acceptance for who people are and not trying to, you know, mold them to be this version of a person that you feel like is your ideal partner. Because chances are the person that you're ideally would want to be with is... um. Not wouldn't be even the right person for you. Yeah, because they would be somebody to just validate you in everything. Like, you know, they would like further encourage you to be entitled, and that's that is not healthy. Yeah, yeah. So, with that being said, though, like, where does boundaries come in place when? You are feeling this entitlement in relationships or your partner feels entitled to something from you. You mean like saying no to something like that kind of boundary? I mean, no is a boundary, but every boundary isn't a flat out. No, sometimes a boundary is working towards a compromise, finding something that's going to make both people happy. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. But it may not be exactly what the other person wants. That's also a boundary. I mean, it's it's the same in all relationships, even if it's romantic or not. It's like... I think I need an example. You need an example of, like, setting the boundary in a relationship? Of... Or maybe I'm misunderstanding how to answer the question. Okay. So, say, like, when we first started dating and... I feel like this was like after you had met the kids and you started coming over and stuff. And I started to feel a little bit smothered and overwhelmed. And not because of anything that you was doing. It was because, one, I'm just not a very, I'm not going to say lovey-dovey because to me that means something different. But I'm not very physically affectionate because of the environment I grew up in. I'm just not like that. The only people I'm really like that with is my kids, for real. And if anything, you're the most person that I've been like that with, because I know that's something that you need. But I also had to create a boundary for my own happiness. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to spend time with you every single day. I can't afford to spend time with you every single day because I need time to be a mom. At the time when we met, my kids was being homeschooled. It was like the year after COVID. So all the kids was at home still. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I was working from home on top of that, doing like my spiritual guidance stuff. It was like, I wasn't even making time for like doing my YouTube and stuff. I started to neglect my own personal uh, commitments just so that I could hang out with you. So I just feel like, you know, that was what I knew that we need to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And not so that I could say you, hey, don't be like this towards me, but just so that I could share my feelings with you. About the direction our relationship was headed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, to me, that was, that's like, oh. <laughs> okay. So, what was the question? <laughs> where where do boundaries come in when people start to feel entitled um... in your relationships? Like, you can't even think about what your parents, mm, I feel like since I met you. <laughs> that you, you
1: do the, <laughs> I'm just saying, like.
0: I'm not going to say that I always had the best boundaries. I wasn't even the best. I didn't know what boundaries was for real because I used to have friendships. I'm not going to say I used to, but a lot of my friendships I've started when I was like 18, Mm -hmm. 13. It's like when you have those relationships, one for a long ass time, but what also when you're a kid and you don't have the tools to communicate healthily, your relationship already not starting out on a healthy foundation. You know what I'm saying? So like. Me and my friends, we didn't know what boundaries was. We was just doing shit to each other and then getting the attitude when the other person told me, I don't like it when you do this or blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a respect or even a willingness to be cooperative against somebody else's need. So I had to learn that too. But then now that I learned it for myself, out of experience, it's like you could see it crystal clear in other people's lives. That's just how it is when you have growth. Once you grow through something, especially if you had to like, you know have some real obstacles through that growth you're gonna really be able to recognize that other people and be like oh my god like what's going on over there you know what i'm saying like i've said before in past episodes that not even just our relationships but other relationships that even when i was just dating people i started to like Notice the behaviors in their relationships, the patterns, the unhealthiness, the lack of boundaries, and I knew that I had to express my feelings about it because otherwise I would be a bad communicator and just like stop talking to them and not tell them. This is why I'm stop talking to you. I'm going to give them an opportunity for their them to have their own moment of growth. And I feel like for our relationship, I've learned to be patient because that's your relationship with your family and everybody's not like me i'm not a i'm just a cutoff queen like when i had enough i'm not giving no more explanations i'm just canceling and cutting niggas off uh-huh. and i learned that the way that i deal with stuff one it may not be the best and two because of that everybody else also don't deal with their life like that like uh-huh. so i feel like i've had to place boundaries on myself with that like know when to comment, know when not to comment, know when to Mm -hmm. keep my feelings to myself about certain things, know when just to be a listener, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's (laughs) gross. She said, yeah, because she used to be saying something every single time and it was getting on my nerves. Is that how you feel?
1: No. um, (laughs) I've dealt with that, and in hindsight, it was just mad disrespect.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think maybe the first few times you made a comment, it just took me there, but like, Mm -hmm. it was coming from a completely different place. (laughs) And I think that's
0: what matters. Because when you are in healthy relationships, and when I say healthy, it doesn't mean that every single aspect of the relationship is good. It means that all people in the relationship are willing to... To work towards growth in that relationship. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has to be willing participants. Everybody has to be intentional about improving the relationship. So, you know, like, (laughs) that's not always the case. People have different priorities at different times in their life for whatever reason. Yeah. Some of it just be, I have too much going on and I don't have the energy to maintain a relationship or, you know, to put the energy into making this more healthy. And sometimes that's when I be like, I just got to cut off this friend because it's taking too much of my energy trying to resolve the situation. I ain't got it. Yeah. New friend me. I remember when Drake came out that song, No New Friends, and everybody was bumping and it was like, no new friends, no new friends. And all the the other celebrities were saying it in their music, like, yeah, no new friends. Beyonce even said it in one of her songs. Like, I think it was, was it Friends, I think? I don't know, but. I don't know basically everybody now they was on this vibration of i'm just gonna stay and ride with my same people my day ones you know like that's what it's like a one since day one and there's nothing wrong with that because i love me a good day one but a lot of my day ones look like my family now you know what i'm saying Yeah. a lot of that looks like relationships that i formed at a really young age and we don't have no choice to be in connection with each other so, we have to work towards that. We ain't got nothing but time because you're always gonna be my cousin. You're always gonna be my sister or whatever the relationship is. Mm-hmm. And to me, in friends and romantic relationships, we can't easily say, I don't wanna deal with this no more and break up, you know? Yeah. That'd be the end of it. But I'm learning to communicate mm-hmm. my needs instead of just like, peace out. Yeah. Ooh, gone, on. gone, on, girl. Gone girl, shout out to the new scissor album. I was, um, <laughs> that's your shit. well. I'll say I have favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Uh, after listening to the album multiple times now, it's definitely not one of those albums that I will play all the way through. I feel like the, they had me in the first half, mm-hmm. and then in the second mm-hmm. half, it just kind of get like on a whole different vibe, mm-hmm. which is nothing wrong with it. The whole album, all throughout. Sounds amazing. Mm. Her voice is great. The engineering is awesome. But certain songs just don't be your cup of tea, and that's how it is. You know, what I'm yeah. if it's not your fave, fave, fave artist, you ain't gonna find a reason to like all those songs. That's to me, that's what it comes down to. You yeah. know, it's like when the Ariana Grande album drop. It's like I know I'ma like the whole album, and now I'll be on the phone with my sister. And she like I like this song and that song and this song. We be liking different songs, but like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying I know that I'ma like most of the majority of the album, but not to say that. I don't fuck with SZA like that, but this is only her second studio album, we're being honest. Mm -hmm. She's still got time in her career to grow and develop as an artist, change her sound if she want to. And that means that I might not always like her music. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of,
1: the store I went to has Renaissance on vinyl. And it took everything in me not to buy it just as a collector's
0: item. No buy it. You know, in my pursuit to collect records, I only get records that I'm really going to listen to. I only want the album that I'm going to listen to. Because first of all, there's no skip button on a record player. I don't know if you've ever used like an old school record player. There is no skip button. You literally just have to like move the thing piece to another Mm -hmm. part and it won't maybe not hit at the beginning of the song there's no skip button you have to listen to the whole thing like that's just it so if i don't genuine genuinely like the majority of the collection in this album why am i buying this just to say i got it i'm not gonna last might my it. oh my god girl just I used to be that girl that had like every Beyonce album and like I would want the actual C D case and everything because she do be having like that collector shit and it'd be mm. like cool to me but like Yeah, not anymore. I feel like the only person stuff I'm gonna be copying like that is ours. Like Yeah You know, I ain't got time. <laughs> Do you feel like people are super picky nowadays when they, like, trying to be in relationships and uh, that kind of goes along with the entitlement, like, this is what I need? Or do you feel like people have to be picky?
1: I don't know if I would use the word picky. I feel like, specifically, younger people, because we're still young people. We're
0: definitely young.
1: (laughs) I feel like younger people be looking for stuff like looking for a reason to cut somebody off like when people first started posting conversations and shit online Mm -hmm. I feel like that's when it started cause that's when niggas just started what do you mean like text receipts Mm -hmm. cause like people would be I don't know like like calling people thirsty because they're just trying to spend some time with you or take you mm-hmm. out, but it's like you just don't like them. They're not thirsty.
0: Yeah, like, that's true. Now some niggas mm-hmm. do be thirsty though, and they that's do. what make you not like them. But there's mm-hmm. a thin line. I'll say that. Yeah. Part of it is like kind of what we were touching on last week on the episode, and I feel like we should get into it. Is well. emotional unavailability. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're not open to connection with that person or anybody else, it don't matter what they do. You're not going to be ready to receive it. It don't yeah. matter. That doesn't make them thirsty because they see you and they're intentional about being with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're just not emotionally available for it. That don't yeah. make them a lame or whatever. What they be calling them nowadays. Like a suck. Yeah, that shit pisses me off. Like you're a simp For wanting to have a healthy relationship And liking your partner That's weird Like when did the mistreatment of women Become so cool Child it's been cool They just put it on the internet now Yeah I think it's good to be picky And I don't want to say picky I want to say selective I feel like Mm -hmm. picky is he needs to at least be 6'3 and have a six-figure job. And basically, you're just making up all of these qualities in a person that's going to serve you. You're not thinking about actual qualities that will serve them in their mm-hmm. growth in relationship with you. Yeah. And um, to me, that's the same thing of the preference conversation. Like, oh, I like white girls. You know what I'm saying? That's the same damn thing. Yeah. You don't really like rich niggas. You like money.
1: Yeah. Come on, make it plain. <laughs>
0: and that's okay. But be clear about what it is that you're saying. You're not saying, yeah. oh, this is my standard to be with somebody that have a certain amount of money. No, you want a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so your standard is to be with somebody that can provide that. So I feel like the language is really important for us to go from, oh, I'm being picky to I'm being selective. That's when it comes to this is just my standard this is just the expectation of what it takes to be with me and Mm -hmm. that's okay we all have different things like i'm selective about certain stuff and my partner one thing is they other relationships if i feel like if i feel like i personally can't be at peace with you in a relationship no matter what it is if i feel like i know i'm going to be having the urge to be corrective Mm -hmm. to you because that's in my natural nature if i have to like treat you like a project instead of, instead of somebody that I'm just vibing with, Jeez. that's when I know I don't need to be with you. That's when I know I need to stop dating you because now I'm trying to like make you into somebody that I would want to be with and it'll never happen.
2: Yeah. We
0: just will both be unhappy. No matter how much you like somebody, I mean, they ain't going to be what you want if you ain't done it what you want. True. Speaking of I feel like sometimes people feel entitled to a certain version of you. Mm, Like how you say you're entitled to my soft side. I don't think that's a bad thing. (laughs) Because, um, like, to me, that's not entitlement. I feel like, once again, it's the language. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel like you need vulnerability in your relationships. That doesn't mean that you're entitled to my soft side. Mm-hmm. That is something that you need in a relationship. You need vulnerability because mm-hmm. you value intimacy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think we just have to be clear about our language. And then it goes from me having this entitlement. And when we change our language, we can kind of change our mind. Just like when we change our mind, we could change our actions. It's like, it's all connected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got They've one question flop I'm going to
1: on the next season.
0: Who? On Manifest. Oh, they better not. But the way that last season went, it's starting to feel floppy. Yeah. You know how shows is. They start getting to the three and fourth season. They get a little cocky. They just be doing anything. And it's like, girl, (laughs) sick. Shout out to Manifesto. Shut up. I I know one thing. If y'all listening to this, y'all better come back with some more black heat for the next season. Because I am sick of this lack of diversity in this cast. And y'all trying to pass Olive... And Kyle off as half, half black, that's 25%, <laughs> by the way. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not giving diversity. Stop. <laughs> they remind me of that whole, have y'all ever watched the uh, Tia and Tamara show? They wrote, well, wait. Not a sister, sister, but like the reality show.
1: Oh, no. I never watched
0: that. Oh, my God. It is so good. i kind of been, like, dubbing back on my old reality shows that I used to watch. Sometimes I just watch clips, but sometimes I feel the need to, like, watch a whole episode. But it always be, like, the drama stuff. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just love watching other people's relationships. That's why I like shows like The Ultimatum or, like, whatever that one show we was watching where they be on the blind love dates. Blind. Yeah, love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> um... And, like, Tia and Tamara' relationship is so funny to me. Like, twins are funny because there's the one part of them navigating that they're not the same person at all. Mm -hmm. And then there's the disconnect because of that. Like, and you could definitely see, like, the difference in their personalities, the way they handle disagreements, everything is just really hilarious, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because whoever's on the camera crew, y'all niggas are funny. Like, this one episode this was like when tamara was pregnant and she was like i guess concerned because she already is half black and Mm -hmm. she married a white man so that mean her children was going to be a quarter black and Mm -hmm. so she wanted her kids to be able to say i'm black and if you identify as a black person i mean for sure me i know i definitely had some issues with my child's identity when they were younger because i was just like are they black are they mexican how are people going to um perceive them and what are they gonna to identify as you know what i'm saying like it was causing me stress i was like even now i'll be like i wish i would have just got a black partner so my kids wouldn't have to like deal with all this extra stuff because it is extra shit that come with being biracial rather we choose to acknowledge it or not We don't get to see the issues because we have the privilege of being totally black. And in any other instance, being black doesn't come with a lot of privileges. But when it comes down to being fully black or mixed, there's privileges on both ends. You know what I'm saying? There's that proximity to whiteness, but then also there's the, they miss a lot yeah. from the black community, especially if they have a white mom. And to me, that's not up for debate. It's just <laughs> cultural differences. Yeah. Not saying that one is better or worse, because we all have our, you know, challenges or moments in our communities. Mm-hmm. But um, I personally don't think that a white parent can teach their black child how to operate as a black person in the world. They can't. That you know comes exactly. from experience. Yeah. It come from experience. Because even with having two black parents, you still be trying to figure shit out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, what was I going to say? So, she went to her friend's house who was a quarter black. hmm And she was, like, basically asking her, how does she identify? Does she identify as black? And I'll say the girl, she mostly looked white, but you could tell she was mixed with something.
2: hmm
0: And... So she said, the girl said basically she didn't even think about color or race or nothing. And that's how you know to me that you're not black. Yeah. I feel like that's a core part of the black identity is the experience, is the experiences that you're having that you start to realize are totally different than your white counterparts. And she didn't have those experiences. And she said like when she was in high school, we got to that age. And one of her friends who was white, they was all getting ready to go to prom and she got asked out by a black dude and her parents wouldn't let her go. And she was like, mm-hmm. didn't have an understanding of that. Um, obviously, because they didn't have a lot of conversations about that in her household. Yeah. So she was like trying to like, you know, get this validation from her friend. Like, so is my kid still going to be black? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, girl. It's really up to how you raise them, for real. Mm-hmm. It's up to the conversations that you have and the ec- education mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like from a young age I was teaching my kids you're black and Mexican like I don't make them feel like they have to prioritize one or the other if they choose to do that then I'm gonna respect their decision it's they the one who gotta live their life or whatever you know what I'm saying
2: Yeah.
0: as long as they ain't coming out like that uh, one lady Rachel Dozal oh, who just yeah. changed her whole ethnicity That's <laughs> I'm black crazy. now And you know, nothing about that story pisses me off more than just thinking about a white woman operating as a black woman and still getting all these benefits. Like, some of y'all knew she was white. Because ain't no way. (laughs) She was like the head of the association. Like, it wasn't giving equal opportunity.
1: I'm going to say it's probably because (laughs) she still knew how to operate as a white woman.
0: Oh, that is a major key. You are totally right. Because your experience is definitely is what... Create your mindset and how you operate and move in the world. So that's a fact. Speaking of the ultimatum, you know, I feel like that's something that goes heavy into the expectations and also the entitlement in relationships. I'm entitled to a marriage. So when the fuck are you proposing? Mm. Propose to me or get lost. Be my man. Say yes to being my girlfriend or bye. It's going to be bye-bye. Like, how do you feel about ultimatums? Have you ever given an ultimatum? Do you feel like ultimatums are entitlement? Why
2: or why not?
0: It's like six questions. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever given an
1: ultimatum. I think I just made my own decision. Mm -hmm. Good or bad. A lot of times it wasn't the best decision, but... You know, everybody made it out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think ultimatums are. manipulation? Definitely manipulation. And something about it
0: is just like: what happened to you? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Why are you doing this? I feel like it's the anxious attachment style. Of course, everybody who, you know, gives an ultimatum is not an anxious person, but I feel like it's like the needing of something, the feeling like you yourself as a person is not whole or complete who you are right now without this accomplishment or whatever. So if you feel like you have to be in a relationship that's this way, that you need to be married after one year of dating somebody. Like, those are all standards. The problem when it becomes entitled is when you put the pressure in your partner to do something if that's not genuinely what they also want.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and to me, that's unhealthy. I feel like the only time ultimatums can be good if they're, like, for yourself. Like, I'm going to give myself an ultimatum. Like, okay, okay. I communicated my needs in this relationship and you know in the next six months if no changes have been made if I don't feel more fulfilled in this relationship if I'm not getting my needs met then I need to be the one to leave
2: Mm -hmm.
0: it's not like that's not entitlement you know what I'm saying but when you tell the other person do this or else when you start like throwing them Round, I'm gonna break up with you. I'm gonna divorce you. It's like you're just trying to use that as a tactic to control and manipulate the situation to get what you want, and it's never gonna be healthy. And it's abusive, it's totally abusive. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would not, you know, a lot of women give ultimatums because in relationships they don't feel like they are in control. And that's what we have to learn is, one, we don't have to be in control of the relationship. Two, we just need to seek relationships with people who are capable of adding the value to our life that we need. And that's when it comes in not being picky, but just being selective with the people that you date.
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: you start the dating, room, it don't take long. I mean, I used to be on the dating apps. You have... One or two conversations with a partner and you know immediately whether y'all want the same things or not. And I don't think people should be afraid to communicate their needs or their expectations for a relationship. If I'm the type of person that is marriage minded and I say I'm not going to stay in a relationship more than two years and I'm not being proposed to, then that's okay because there's other partners out there who feel the same way and Mm -hmm. y'all will be compatible together. But then don't like force a relationship with a guy that you really like enjoying being with. And he literally don't want any of that stuff because it's going to end in a lot of like disappointment. I feel like that goes back to how
1: we're taught relationships are supposed to be like, You're supposed to be at odds with certain things with your partner. Mm -hmm. Like, the woman is supposed to nag about stuff. The man is supposed to not want to do any of the romantic
0: shit or anything like that. And that's definitely just, like, to me, staging from relationships we've seen, especially the ones in TV, movies, stuff like that. It's like, we think that because that's all that we know Mm -hmm. But like now that I'm in this relationship, it's like I am on a whole different vibration because I don't have the same stress that I used to have before. I used to be so stressed out because I was trying to figure out ways how to control my partners. You know, like how can I get them to do this thing that I want them to do? How can I get them to change this behavior to act a certain way towards me? And it comes down to what I said earlier, either you are at peace in accepting who this person are and what it is that they have to offer you at this moment, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or you're not. And at that point, get the fuck out of here, go on about your business and find somebody, somebody else. It's not that serious. Yeah. It's way too many people out here. And I think that when we search for these perfect partners, it kind of actually like Limits the dating pool for us because mm-hmm. then it's actual partners that will be healthy and good for us to be in relationships, and we're like disqualifying them for these reasons that are just like entitlements. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I feel like my face isn't relaxed like my eyebrows.
0: <laughs> I keep trying to, like, relax. I think your eyebrows are normal. <laughs> So with all that being said, we both agree that just there's a lot of manipulation going on. And um, if you listen back to like our healthy communication styles episode, then you know there are such things as manipulative communicators. They mm-hmm. literally live for this. They get off on it, okay? And um, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. It's not good for you or anybody involved like that ass. Um you want to tell the podcast about a recent story that came up about smile that was entitled like yeah, so uh <clears throat>
1: <laughs> Gabrielle Union uh shared in an interview that she felt entitled to cheat during her first marriage because she paid all the bills. <laughs>
0: I will first think that when I first seen it, I thought that can't even be true because that just seems like such a masculine behavior. Um, And then when I went to go listen to the interview, it was on a Dex Shepherd podcast. That's um, Kristen Stewart's husband. If y'all know her. Mm -mm. We was just watching um, Bad Moms. She's the she's the mom with the blonde hair. Is there more than one blonde mom? She's the girl from Veronica Mars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're married. They're a real fun couple. I think whenever I see them, I think they're so funny and cool. So basically, Gabby was saying that she grew up in an environment where her father was the breadwinner, and he set this tone like, if I make the money, I make the rules, I get to do whatever the hell I want to, and that includes cheating, disrespecting my marriage, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm paying the bills around this motherfucker. She was married to a former NFL star. I thought he would have had a couple dollars. But, you know, the thing is, when well, you're not set up, like, if you don't have brand deals, if you don't have, like, other income outside of football, when that contract gone, you, you ain't got no money. And they don't really set up players to be... Uh, Financially literate.
1: Yeah. hmm
0: So he probably just didn't handle his money well. Yeah, absolutely. Like a lot of people... Or that he could have been, like, not to say not the best player because anybody who makes it to the NFL is way better than the average person. But Mm -hmm. as far as the league is concerned, he probably was, like, a lower-tier player. He might have not been getting, you know, 100 blah, blah, blah contracts. So, it's like some people, they get a million-dollar contract, and some people, they contract be, like, 200 k That's really not a lot of money when you're on the internet flexing, acting like you got a lot of money and going to parties and trying to, Spend money on bitches. The money go fast, baby. Yeah. And who knows, even buying a house, it's like your money gone. Yeah. So that's what was going on. But damn. You know, I feel like Gabrielle and Dwayne Wade is the new Will and Jada. I've never personally been to I never felt they like they were oversharing to me Will and Jada I know a lot of people do feel like that but for me personally I think the conversation they have on a red table talk is necessary I really do enjoy that show I love mm. Gabby she be like <laughs> and Willow be on her like mm, yes <laughs> I love the show and I don't feel like they're oversharing I feel like this is to me, they have the same impact on the community like we do. Like They're bringing up these conversations, and it may not always be what people want to hear. Sometimes people only want to see the highlights of your life. They don't want to hear about when you was doing down and dirty and all this stuff like that, but I feel like that's definitely like Gabrielle and Dwayne Wade. Like, yeah. Why did you feel the need to share this information when you haven't been in a relationship with this person since 2006? <laughs> Maybe it was I didn't see or read or whatever.
1: I'm not sure the format of the interview. Mm -hmm. But maybe it was like in reference to her current relationship and all the scandal around that. Mm -hmm. I could see how it could be related to that. Yeah. And just like maybe her how she was processing like forgiving or staying with him
0: mm-hmm. or even just herself, like yeah. personal growth on her own. And because outside of what that person was doing in a relationship, you too was doing something. Mm-hmm. And like, basically when they decided to get a divorce, cause I think they was married for six years, they were just going to keep staying married and just doing their thing, which I feel like a lot of people do just to say that they're married, just to be able to hit those public appearance and have somebody on your arm and things like that. And it's just, to me, a lack of self-love, it always comes back to that. Because why yeah. don't you feel like you deserve a healthy relationship? But when you're young, you don't know what a healthy relationship is. And that's the truth yeah. of it. She was really young when she got married the first time. I think um, she said somebody gifted her a couple's uh, therapy therapy. session Mm -hmm. and they literally went to one session and the therapist was like, if y'all don't leave each other the fuck alone, (laughs) she said, the only thing y'all got in common is seeing other people. Stop. (laughs) This is heading for disaster. Yeah. So they did. And that's probably was the best decision that she made was to get out of a relationship that wasn't encouraging her to be the best version of herself. Yeah. Yeah. So. How do you feel about that idea, though? A lot of people feel like that, men specifically, but... Well, my overall feelings of the situation is you shouldn't be in a monogamous relationship if you want to have other partners, sexual or otherwise. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So, to me, I don't condone it, you know what I'm saying? I feel like there's a difference between cheating and an open relationship. She made it very clear that they was both cheating. It wasn't an agreed situation where it's like we're both enjoying dating other people and we're yeah. open about it they was and both trying whatever. To hide it or, yeah, it yeah. was like all sneakiness or whatever. It was just on the side. And she said she don't even know for sure if he was cheating on her. It was just alleged, but he probably was. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, especially once they went to counseling, they both admitted it. So. I think it's disturbing, especially I I think part of me is like marriage is just a piece of paper. But then if you go through the whole thing to get married and to be in a relationship with this partner, don't you have like some type of standards on how the person that you want to be with for the rest of your life should be treated? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Like, don't you want to have certain... Values for your marriage And I feel like if your Marriage values is just Cheating because you can Or just cheating because You the one taking care of the bills That's extremely manipulative It is abusive And I would not really respect Anybody like that
1: It just doesn't really make sense To me like when you really think about it Like You pay some bills so, that means you can cheat.
0: Like, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up because the problem is is that a lot of people hold financial security at such a high level in relationships that they think that it's interchangeable for other qualities of that healthy relationship that is necessary for it to be good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For it to be a great experience with somebody like... Yeah. <laughs> so... That's a mess. So yeah. Get your brooms. We still gotta watch that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, I'm all laughing loud into the mic. My bad, y'all. Um, <laughs> you wanna slide into the breaks? Yeah. Is this Leads your favorite segment?
2: Of
1: the
0: breaks. Yeah. Oh, you switching it up every week now. <laughs> we love to see. It. <laughs>
1: Is this my favorite part? It might
0: be. Hmm. I think so. I like to get in my music bag. I do too. You know, um, when I'm like looking for topics for this segment, I try to get ones that are going to add value to our community. It's hard. But it's so hard because I just be (laughs) wanting to spill tea at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like. For me personally, it's n- that's not for the podcast, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I also really enjoy it. Like, that's one of my favorite things about working on The Blank Space was that every week we were showing up with the hot topics. Like, I love <laughs> dishing on the hot topics, but also, like, how valuable is my opinion on this specific subject? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it would be hard. But I do enjoy talking about, you know, the music industry, mm-hmm. celebrities, what's going on in their personal lives. Sometimes I mean, want to know, like, what's going on?
2: You gotta know.
0: We're going to jump in with some less than exciting news and just kind of get it out the way. Unfortunately, um, over the past week, Lola Mitchell, also known as Gangsta Boo, she is a rapper from Memphis. She passed away at 43. Damn. Y'all don't know Gangsta Boo. Like, if y'all listen to 3-6 Mafia, then you know Gangsta Boo. Like, yeah. Like, if you didn't, then just this conversation ain't for you anyways. You need to go back and enhance your music catalog. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you probably heard Gangsta Boo at some point, and you just didn't know it was Gangsta Boo.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of her lyrics. I think she's dope. I feel like i could literally go to several songs right now just thinking of her voice she's such an iconic writer and um i'm just sending a lot of condolences to anyone that may have been impacted by her death yeah that's a young death bro they did say it was from natural yeah. causes so at least it's not nothing traumatic thoughts and prayers One um uh, you okay
1: yeah. Aw. Are you getting teary eyed? Um, not because of this. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are all
0: wet. But like, oh my god, you really love
2: Gangsta Boo.
0: I don't wanna say anything. Okay. I feel like there's a certain class of female rappers like Gangsta Boo, La Chat, like China White. There's that like that down south. Is she gay? Rapper? It's like the Is he queer or is he Southern? (laughs) (laughs) Um, As as black women who are also rappers, you got to figure out, okay, what is my brand? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you come out and some women choose to go a more masculine route, maybe with the content of their lyrics or even just their actual appearance. Mm -hmm. So they can be taken more seriously. So I think that in the 90s, for real, we would see a lot of that because they didn't wanna come out on the scene being a little kim. They wanted to be seen as valuable for the actual contribution of music, which, you know, yeah. she probably ain't gay. She probably be getting it in, okay, with the mm-hmm. niggas. Like she just was this how she looked and now she's comfortable with it. Yeah. <laughs> Them flat suits <laughs> they be wearing. <laughs> Why do all old lesbians wear sweatsuits? I'm starting to feel like I'm turning into one. (laughs) If I get a two-piece jacket and pants, help me immediately. Say something. Don't just let me write it out. I'm gonna take
1: pictures first.
0: You ain't right. (laughs) It's like the staple for a munch. (laughs) Um, in other more positive news, Janet Jackson put out a statement that she will be performing me too checks, um, for her entire, what do you call that payroll or like anybody that is going on tour with her Mm -hmm. because she want to make sure that she create like a safe hospitable environment. There's no weird ass shit going on with anybody in her crew. And, uh, she said she actually got this from Beyonce. That's such a Beyonce thing to do. Yeah. Like, that's why her tours is so good. That's why her concert is so good. Because I'm pretty sure there's not all that extra hoopla. Because mm-hmm. everybody's literally there to perform. If y'all ever see Beyonce, like, I used to be a fan of the DVDs. I love me a good tour DVD from Beyonce. And I was still watch it. my favorite. One is the Dangerously in Love Live. Or, like, that's the one where she did the, um... This is like the first tour where she really started doing the mashups of her songs and other songs that she had did a mashup. And one of them was um, Jill Scott. He me. That was David I think it was. I think that was the Beyonce experience. You're right. That's my favorite one. <laughs> the Beyonce experience. He got checkup on it. I mean, yeah. that's like the best DVD to me, hands down. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was a good DVD. That was my first concert. She has a great, a really great worth ethic. And she also care about her team from the top to the bottom. She wants everything to like work smoothly and everybody to be happy, not just herself. Like that's extremely rare, especially in the music industry. So shout out for Janet Jackson for taking a page in Beyonce's book. And uh, checking on niggas. Yeah. That's on like a really bomb ass show, anyways, Janet Jackson. Like, facts. So, let's go see Janet. Let's go. I don't know. I feel like I have Janet trauma, but we won't have to discuss that on the podcast. Janet trauma. Yeah, we'll another topic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna just say it, but like I used to date somebody and they was high key obsessed with Janet Jackson, so I started to like kinda hate her. Oh yeah. And I don't actually hate Janet Jackson, but mm-hmm. I just have some unresolved feelings about the relationship that it uh-huh. and it's spilling over, you know. So That's okay. Yeah. I'll take my mom. <laughs> take your mom. <laughs> Can she handle Janet? I'm not, this is the thing that gets me with your mom, okay? Listen, y'all, one day we on the phone with Cherry's mom, and we talking about the new Beyonce, album, and Mm. she was disgusted. (laughs) She said, what happened to Beyonce? She's just saying all this nasty stuff now, and I'm like, she said pussy, didn't she? Like, (laughs) it was when she said pussy. Church church people hate it. I'm not going to lie, I used to hate the word pussy because it felt so dirty, it felt like I shouldn't be saying it, but now to me it's empowering, like... That's what made me like it. <laughs> <laughs> of
2: course,
0: of course. Like, oh, such a dirty word, pussy. Oh my god, she was not here for it, so like, this is the thing about elderly people to me, is they act like this new age music is so much different mm-hmm. than the context of the music that they was listening to, when like, artists like fucking Shakira. Khan... All of them. They was getting down and dirty. They was saying the shit in their lyrics. Yeah. The reason that I became such a sexual person at a young age was heavily influenced by music. And the majority of it was music that I was heard from my family. People mm-hmm. in close proximity to me. Like, my mom... Used to be playing like Keith Sweat, Silk, like girl, mm-hmm. and that's her generation. But your mom had their own generation of people, like so she okay with seeing Janet Jackson, Miss Nasty. Mm-hmm. I think that, I don't believe it. <laughs> I think she would have a good time. I think it would be an experience for her. I think that it would definitely be fun. I don't know if she would be having fun though. Because she would be too busy, like, trying to, you know, critique I, it. Like, I just wish she didn't just. She went downhill ever since just Timberlake <laughs> exposed her years ago. Like, I just can't imagine she's, like, really going to enjoy that.
1: I don't know. <laughs> we should she ask her like now so I can
0: figure out. If, are you right or am I right? I'm going to ask her. Yeah, she like anytime, Janet. She don't like nasty girl Janet. <laughs> That's two different people. Yeah. Um,
1: Where we at? We had Davies. Oh, the book of David. Did you listen to it? Okay, so I started listening <laughs> to it. I stopped at scene a lot. And so far, "Seen a Lot" is my favorite song, but it's because he's sampling "Queen Bitch" by Lil' Kim. Mm.
0: So I don't know if that really has anything to do with the song. That's why I don't fuck with samples for real. Because do I like this, or is just it's just nostalgic for me, and that's why I'm vibrating with it, like. But I mean, the
1: album is—it's a Davies album you know, he has his own specific sound. It's it's very underground
0: sounding. It's like um, To me, it ain't even underground. It's just New York. And I feel like there was a time where New York rap ruled
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that is no longer the the situation. It, just like it was a time where Southern rap ruled. Just like it was a time where West Coast rap was on top. You know what I'm saying? It's just like now the sound that's hot is not what he's giving.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: say kudos to him for sticking with his shit, his vibration, what he like. you know what I'm saying? Because obviously he has the fans and so that he can continue to make a body of work. But we brought this up just to say that he was nominated for a Grammy
2: mm-hmm. for the Book up. of
0: David. So that's really cool. When Cherry brought this to me, I immediately thought, well, you know, I'm I'm not in the business of saying what people deserve or don't deserve, and I hadn't even listened to the album for real, so I couldn't really say if it was good or not, if it deserved a Grammy. Mm-hmm. But it was strange to me that an artist like Davies, even um, Glorilla, getting nominated this year, the Cardi B getting nominated the year before that. I feel like they're just trying to like build up that black quota. Mm -hmm. and they're like okay let's get some black people some Grammys so they can stop saying that we're a racist institution Yeah. so not that it's not deserving there's far more people that have been deserving of Grammys and they will never see it um (laughs) so shout out to him but I hope that you know this continues Mm -hmm. more people are getting the um you know, the rewards they deserve or whatever. Yeah, the acknowledgement. Yeah. Shout out to Davies. Yeah, because when Davies first came out, like, when I first started listening to his music, I was like, damn, he fine. Oh, yeah. That was the first appeal for me. And his voice, it was like that New York accent. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I really used to love New York niggas. Like, Juel Santana, that was Bay. Like, that was my high school crush was Joelle. <laughs> Y'all, like, I might be, you know, the... Toxic R&B girl now, but when I was younger, I was definitely like a the music, a rap, rap head. <laughs> I mean, is Dipset toxic rap? Absolutely, <laughs> girl. Don't you even try. I Do you know. have you met
1: Cameron? Um,
0: I would say that he is a little problematic. You know what I'm saying? You know him and Kanye worked together for a long time. They're like old friends. I think. Further proving. <laughs> um, when we was watching the Kanye documentary, he actually said that Cam was like the first rapper who let him produce for him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, shout out to, to Dipset. I'm, I'm always going to let him. I'm always going to play their music. I just feel like it's classic. Not sure if I want a reunion tour. We don't have to do it, y'all. I promise. Yeah. I don't want a
1: reunion tour, but... <laughs>
0: Shout out to them and shout out to Jim Jones.
1: He's really been putting in the work musically like the last few years
0: and it sounds good. Really? I haven't like heard yeah. nothing from Jimmy for real. Minus Everything I hear something about J- <laughs> with <Mayno.
1: laughs> I mean, I fuck with Mayno.
0: He's... He's a great businessman. That's the first thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. His rap style may not be for everybody. He definitely is talented. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's a, he, he's a talented
0: guy for sure. You might not even know who Mayno is. You might want to look him up. My nigga got bars. Hmm. Um, the next thing we don't talk about is Cardi B. I know y'all don't like it when I bring her up. I could feel the energy.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I feel like this was important to talk about in the breaks because it's literally breaking records. Um, I think Nicki Minaj also broke a record this week. I had told you about that. Of course she did. Yeah, she, she uh, broke a record for, it was like,
1: I have Having I a know, song on the charts, something like that.
0: Yeah, for like consecutive years. Mm-hmm. And basically the person who she dethroned with this record was Missy Elliott. So that says a lot because we know the body of work that Missy has contributed to the industry for years. So shout out to yeah. Nicki. Um, But The Invasion of Privacy has became the first album in history to have all songs RIAA platinum or higher. That's the Recording Industry Association of America. Um, So shout out to her. Did you Mm. know Cardi B was worth $40 million? I don't know. For me, I thought she was worth more. She had a lot of deals.
1: I'm not going to... I'm gonna put my stand card down. <laughs> okay? Shout out to the accomplishment. <laughs> Shout out to her business endeavors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another thing I wanted to discuss this week, it was super interesting when it came across my desk because as soon as I seen the LOL dolls, I just had to see what was going on because my daughter loves LOL surprise. Mm -hmm. Like, she's a fiend. We don't really let her get those like big girl dolls because them girls is kind of fast. Like. Ever start playing with LOLs at like three? She definitely didn't need to be playing with Barbies with a twenty-inch bust down, <laughs> real panties on one under her clothes. That's fishnet probably... stockings. Yeah. It was inappropriate. A BBL. Oh my God, they do have BBLs. It's kind of. It's really strange. Yeah, but we do buy her the LOL surprise, like the little balls yeah. with the things. She loved those things. I mean, she probably got over fifty. Like she has so many. Yeah. So yeah, Um, T.I. and Tiny are right now in a legal battle with OMG. Oh, wait, sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) T.I. and Tiny have countersued LOL Surprise for intellectual property of OMG Girls. If you guys are not familiar with OMG Girls, this is the female group that, um, what is it called? Hustle, Mm -hmm. what's his record label called? You're asking the wrong. Is it just hustle entertainment or something? Well, anyways, T.I. and Tiny was managing this group called OMG Girls ben. um One of them was their daughter. One of them was, um, what's this girl name? I can't think of it, but I love her music. She's literally so talented. And then it was another girl who I feel like they just added her. And I think at one point they had Lil Wayne daughter in there, too. Or maybe she was just featured on a song. I can't even tell you. Uh, I'm aware that, like, of the OMG girls, but I wasn't. wasn't Oh, you wasn't a fan? No. Damn. Okay, well, the point is, basically, somebody asked Tiny, like, y'all got Dows out or whatever? And she was like, no. So she went to go check it out and see what was good or whatever. And she was like these are so cute. Like, I love this. She felt like it was inspired by her girl group. Mm-hmm. So, um, the first thing she did was reach out to them to see if they could work together because she was like, well, let me just get a bag off of this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they basically said, we're going to sue you. You're, we're not working together. Actually, we're going to sue you for even accusing us of this intellectual property shit. Like, no. it's crazy. Um, and so that's when she decided to counter sue because That's to me, that's legally, that's the best thing that you can do if you have the money to do that. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times where we see these big ass corporations, what they'll do is they'll basically try and dismiss any claims that you have against them because they have the money to hire a lot of lawyers to keep you in court for years and years to have you paying court fees. And if you don't have the money to do that, then a lot of cases get like put to the side. You know what I'm saying? But they got some bread between all of them reality shows, actual music that's being put out. I think Tiny is also in court for some shit going on with um, Escape too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like she said, "Give me my bread now." I ain't mad at it. I'm not mad at it either. I'm a, I'm not gonna lie though. I ain't never looked at a LOL Surprise doll and thought about the OMG girls, but they are basically doing 31 mini trials to assess 31 separate dolls that they feel were used in the likeness of the omg girls and this goes down to the outfits so they're going to be bringing up pictures and different shows and all that stuff and so if she got the evidence and they're going to court for this i feel like this could be a lucrative settlement yeah they should have probably just tried to work for her yeah Didn't really think that one through. Yeah. You know, a lot of that happens a lot of time in the black and brown community. A large corporation will try and legally strong arm you. Like, "Mm." listen, black people got more power now than we used to. We got a couple dollars now. You might be in court for five years, but I'm getting my money. (laughs) (laughs) I think about all the times I should have sued somebody. Like, man, I wish I did. Can you still sue? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Is there like a, what do they call it? A, a statute of limitations? Yeah, a statute of limitations for something. Plus a lot of stuff would have just been small claims. And you can only file up to, I think, $500 in small claims for it. That's a waste of time. Yeah. Unless you really need that five, but. I
2: got five for
0: um, we recently seen an Instagram post discussing queer rappers and basically, are is the industry changing? Is the industry becoming more inclusive and less homophobic? What do you think? It's not becoming less homophobic, <laughs> but it is becoming more inclusive. I don't even want to say the word is inclusive because for something to be inclusive, that means that everybody is in participation of it, acceptance of it. And I don't think that is the truth by far. Mm-hmm. I think that more queer artists are pushing their way into the music industry or even they make a name for themselves and then they announce, I'm queer, I'm gay, I'm lesbian, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then people don't have no choice but accept it because they're already, you know, a renowned artist. Yeah. Hip-hop has a lot of diversity hires. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come on now. Yeah. I think... um, because homophobia is such a big issue in the black community in general and rap music is black there's naturally going to be spillover from that Mm -hmm. there's naturally going to be misogyny and homophobia and all that stuff but i do think that it's nice to have our narratives out there to listen to a story and like not a story but a song i remember the first time i was like not the first time But like this was way back When I first began Listening to Kalani, And she would say In certain songs Like she You know what I'm saying It was like I really like that Being able to sing a song And I'm like Really singing it From my perspective So mm-hmm. representation Does matter I think we can like Really um, Put respect On people named Like Kalani, Like Nas X Because I feel like He's probably one of the Hugest artists out Right now On a global standpoint That is gay I don't know if he you don't think he really gay I don't know I, yeah, maybe. I legitimately cannot tell if he's troller oh wow you know I could see how you come to that conclusion but I'm not up to debate anybody's sexuality some people do use it like we've talked about gay baiting before and stuff yeah. like that and um Lil Nas is a fine young dude. I think he would have been just fine in the industry if he continued to be straight or whatever. He I think it's more about big. the controversy of it all.
2: Yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, wanted not being welcome. And then after he came out as gay, then they released the Satan shoes. Like, so much. Yeah. You know, he was really, like, putting down. But then also, because of that, he spoke about being limited like his record label wouldn't let him drop music and stuff because it was like this is not a good time for this people not feeling you so he, he received some negative from that as well mm-hmm. so I don't in my personal opinion I feel like the only advantage to coming out being gay is really just being able to stand in your truth because unless you are surrounded by a safe healthy non-homophobic environment it's going to create a lot of challenges in your life to yeah. to operate in your fullness, full sexuality. Like it is a good money move, though. People be, will partner with you just because you're gay. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's only specific to certain groups of people. I don't think everybody has that privilege, but that's just yeah. my opinion. Um, then we also got Big Frida. She been in the game for a hot minute. I love Frida. You know, she comes with the hits, you know, you're going to dance. You're going to shake it. And she really got, um, I feel like, more famous after working with Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I did not come to play with you hoes. (laughs) Uh, And now we have, like, Santana, you know, and... um, I didn't used to listen to Santana, but he his songs is hot. That's my nigga. I be trying to tell you.
2: <laughs> his songs if you want so to bounce good. that
1: ass and talk some shit, that's where you should go.
0: <laughs> his music is so good. Yeah. Like I was trying to tell you, baby. I mean, he might have been doing his thing with the City Girls makeup, but I feel like for sure this was like his purpose to be doing that. So shout out to Santana. I also want to talk about, like, Young M.A. I feel like as far as black, lesbian, and also masculine-presenting women, um, there's not much of that in the rap industry. I mean, like I said, how uh, some people had to be performative of that just to be, you know, create a certain type of foundation for their brand, but, like, the most masculine female artists we had to look at for the longest, I feel like, was, like, the brat, like, (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and she be wearing a full face of makeup. So, yeah. I mean, even I don't even feel like she came out as gay Into like the last few years when she got with her current wife. I think that before it was just speculation in the industry because she we still will be out. in her music rapping from the well, perspective of a straight woman. She, like, what do you like a I think she's bye. I don't think she. Oh, you don't think she's a flat out last Yeah, I
1: mean, because she was fucking them niggas.
0: Oh, she definitely was getting digged down because I could yeah. tell she was nasty <laughs> the way she was talking about it. It wasn't just hype, you know? <laughs> she wasn't painting the picture.
1: You listen to Younger Um, I have in the past, but. She no I don't (laughs) Um, I feel like and I also don't call her young MA because Nikki called her young Ma and I just You are not Nikki It's literally M
0: period A period that means MA not Ma Ma. (laughs) (laughs) I like young Ma better Me whenever somebody say six lot (laughs) (laughs) Like um, oh, why'd you name it that? <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing
1: to the audience. He couldn't see. Um, yeah, Young and May is cool. I feel like a lot of her acceptance for her sexuality has to do with her being her aesthetic. Mm-hmm. She's the type of gay that people like specifically women and the type of gay that people
0: accept I don't necessarily agree with that I hear what you're saying about women I feel like now that so many women are more open about their sexuality so many women now have come on and say like oh I'm bisexual I do like women I'm attracted to women or I at the very least want to have sex with women they're definitely attracted to her I think um, because she's still really pretty even though she's like masculine presenting. So that to me is like a comfort to a woman that's like straight but trying to play with the waters. It's like, hmm, she's still a girl. She's still cute. But like she's giving the hyper masculine vibes.
2: And they like that.
0: I don't know if I get what you're saying. But I think it's
1: the whole. She looks like. The light-skinned nigga that everybody wants to fuck. hmm So.
0: I think that out of all gay people and the way that they physically present being a masculine um, gay woman is probably the worst as far as treatment from society in general. So that's why I just can't agree with you and say like, oh, did, you know, she's the type or whatever, because if I mean, she wasn't a rapper, if she wasn't flexing, talk about everything real big, I don't think that she would get that same energy. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I seen somebody putting on a rumor saying she was pregnant, and it was like, why? I am in. Mean, I hear what you're
1: saying, and I agree. It just, for me, it just all comes down to, I guess, the pretty privilege. Like, if mm-hmm. she wasn't a rapper, but she still looked the same, she would still have the same type of acceptance just because she's fine. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if you are a young MA fan from, like, earlier in her career where she was just putting out mixtapes and singles and shit, you've seen her go from being feminine presenting to masculine presenting. And I feel like it was authentic. It wasn't um, performative, which some people can be, you know what I'm saying? So I don't think that was the case with her. I do think I'm attracted to young MA I know a lot of women that are attracted to her. My sister used to call me like, did you see Young and May? Like, that was her bae. Like, I
1: guarantee you, <laughs> if she looked different, y'all wouldn't be attracted to her.
0: Well, that's the point, though. <laughs> but I'm saying, that's my point. Like, but her music is good, no matter what. To me, I actually enjoy her music. Like, I'll put on the album right now and play it all the way through. You know I do, baby. I like her. I mean... I feel like... I don't know. I just...
1: The music isn't... I don't know. I guess I just... I'm not saying her music is bad. It's Mm -hmm. not bad. I just feel like the like of her as an artist, has more to do with her appearance than it does with her music ability. Mm -hmm. I think people enjoy her music because they like the way she looks.
0: Yeah. Because then we have other artists who are lesbian and they definitely don't get as much play or just um, brought up into the conversation. Like, we was watching the Terrell show a a few weeks ago and it was like Mm -hmm. a Super Bowl episode from a couple years ago that he did with Inaya and she's a lesbian singer first of all her range is amazing she has a beautiful voice Mm -hmm. and she's got really good music and she be like writing jingles and shit like she's super talented and she's still to me like an underground artist like a lot of people don't know her so you know depending on how you look and everything she's a dark skinned woman she doesn't have the baddie body she's not wearing ultra revealing clothes she seemed like a just a normal girl Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that's not being promoted within the gay community. It's just, she just regular. So, I mean, I I do think that there is, you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. the pretty privilege for sure. Not to say that she's not pretty cause she is, but we know that in the society, Mm -hmm. how they look at black women and still to this day, it's just more valuable f- for a lot of people to be with a woman that's light skinned than a woman that's dark skinned. no matter how pretty she is or what she got going for herself or how good of a person she is. It's just that black women are at the bottom of the dating totem pole and the blacker you are, the worst experiences that you are gonna have with dating because of the way society created, you know. So, yeah. yeah. And then we also got Kid Ken. I love him. Yeah. He got bars.
1: I used to follow... No, I'm lying. I never followed him, but he has this that his friend rapper. No, they always in the videos together? Yeah. I feel like they don't really fuck with each other like that no more, but I don't know. I had to unfollow him, though. It's like a thin line. It's like that Corey Lerae thing, mm-hmm. but something about them being boys is like... I really gotta get out of here. Cause it's, I don't know, it's just giving child porn and I can't.
0: Well, they ground anything? Now? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how old he was when he first started putting out music. Cause I don't think he was like putting out music at first. He was just dropping those freestyles on TikTok and then obviously he was getting a lot of hype and it was like, I better put out some music. You know what I'm saying? And um, I like him. I like the freestyles. I like his style. He's super cool to me from what I can tell. So shout out to you again. Yeah. Yeah. That's really all we have for the breaks this week. We're going to move into mental health matters where we discuss, you know, mental health and kind of elaborate on our main topic and how that impacts us.
1: Mental health matters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of wanted to get more into Boundaries. In mental health matters. Okay. Boundaries. I feel like boundaries are super important because like you got to teach people how to treat you, mm-hmm. how to operate in relationship with you because we're all different, you know, we have different needs. We have different, uh, we're socialized differently. Mm-hmm. We have had different experiences where it should be like, I might not be a super affectionate person and Cherry's a super affectionate person, you know what I'm saying? So like we're different. And not because I don't wanna be affectionate towards Cherry, it's just my experiences. She just got me wired differently, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I feel like knowing your partner, talking to them, having conversations with them about their experiences, that helps you to be like more vulnerable, create more intimacy in your relationships, and then you're like really accepting them and loving them unconditionally instead of when somebody just tell you this is how I am and there's no context behind why they move like this in relationships why they operate like this why these boundaries are necessary for them it kind of just feels like you know what are you doing Like it feels
1: like they just putting the wall up mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's weird yeah for sure um uh, I feel like boundaries is all about knowing what it is that you're willing to do and also what you're capable of in your relationships, whether they are platonic, romantic, familiar, whatever. What do you think? Hmm?
1: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think boundaries are important for you as an individual. I feel like boundaries are... They're definitely more for you than they are for the other person. Kind of basically what you're saying. It's just Mm -hmm. making sure that you're comfortable. I don't want to use the word comfortable, but... Mm -hmm. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Um...
1: Making sure that you don't feel like you're being forced to do anything or to deal with anything.
0: I feel like just generally at peace in your relationship because I've been in relationships where either I wasn't at peace or it was very clear that the other person wasn't at peace with me. And um, if we would have created some boundaries early in the relationship, then we could have operated from like a healthier place. You know what I'm saying? It's just all about like knowing yourself. And communicating too because if i say i got these boundaries but i don't ever elaborate on them or even tell you i don't like it when you do this then what you know it's like you just continue to be in a relationship where you really just not happy for real like yeah yeah what do you feel about deal breakers do you have deal breakers
1: I'm sure I do. I just, it's not really a place that I go to. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because I feel like I will obsess over them for a period of time and then mm-hmm. just make it a thing when it's not a thing. I don't know. A deal breaker for me would be just. Um, just doing something that will fuck with my trust. Mm. Like, if I feel like I can't trust you,
0: it's just not going to work. Yeah. I feel like deal breaker for me, um, cheating, you know what I'm saying? Like, just break up with me, bro. <laughs> um... I also feel like another deal breaker is like if you get locked up and I'm not talking about one night in jail I'm talking about like you're going away for consecutive years <laughs> that's going to be a deal breaker for me I'm not a ride or die I don't want to be in relationship with somebody that I can't be in physical contact with you know I'm, for whatever reason I don't care what you did I'm not doing dealing with it like
2: yeah
0: okay. I don't feel like I have that many deal breakers as much as I used to But I feel like all of that stuff was just a collection of what I thought a relationship should be. Mm -hmm. And um, also I was applying it to every relationship, which is so unnecessary because every relationship is different. We're all different people. We don't give off the same thing. So like I don't have to treat you the same way that I treated somebody else I was in a relationship with. Like Yeah. Yeah, you're different than other people.
1: I'm different. Yeah, I'm different.
0: Pull up to the scene with my little missing. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't pull up. To the scene. <laughs> um I feel like for your mental health, it is super important to not only honor but prioritize your own needs and then of course communicate them. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you can do that like we say all the time is just really getting to know yourself, building up that own trust with yourself. Um and like prioritizing that. So like one thing, Cherry is like, I feel like she tends to people please. I'm, I'm just saying. And um, I don't like that because I don't ever want to be the reason down the road why somebody feels like resentment.
2: Mm-hmm. Not
0: only just in a relationship, but overall in life or just the satisfaction of their life. Just because they were, like, prioritizing me over so Like, one thing I'm always going to do is encourage Cherry to put herself first. Even above the kids. Even above me. And sometimes it's, like, just simple basic stuff. Like, actually doing what you want to do today. And doing, instead of doing what needs to be done. Because do it really need to be done? Can it wait? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I feel like, um that's something that we work on together is you just learning to honor yourself more and I also think you watching me honor myself probably be like yeah so I'm going to do what I want to do too because she's going to do what she want to do mm-hmm. and I say that and I don't want to sound like entitled because that's definitely not the space that I'm coming from inside of our relationship it might just sound like that to y'all like do you feel like I'm entitled <laughs> um Damn (laughs) it's giving yeah. Not the Hollywood. (laughs) She about to lie.
2: Oh, let me bring it
1: down an octave. (coughs) (laughs) Not an octave.
0: Uh, I don't know. So yeah, I hate that you feel that way. Damn, I'm I don't mean to be entitled, but um, I've been in other relationships where I drained myself because I was giving so much, and not that like I'm so in this relationship, I don't have to give nothing. I hope that's not how you feel, but um it's kind of like what I was saying at the beginning of the conversation, if I'm having my own personal issues and it's up to me to communicate that to you, but it's not up to me to worry or stress about how you feel because of my own personal things. Cause I'm like already going through it. Like I don't have the energy or the space to worry about how certain things might make you feel. If that makes sense, like I want to talk to you. I want to, ask you but I'm not gonna like wonder you know what I'm saying like if you have an issue with something and if you haven't communicated with that me then you don't have an issue
2: <laughs>
0: that's the truth it's not been an issue for you enough to have a conversation about it so I don't know yeah. well, I don't think about myself as an entitled person but maybe I need to reflect on that yeah also feel like for good mental health just creating balanced relationships is always going to be the win if you want to have a more stress-free life then you need to have balance so however that looks like to you and your partner and sometimes it might be 50 50 sometimes it might be 100 zero sometimes it might be 30 70 and i think that's when it comes down to Uh, the acceptance in a relationship and also just being present of where y'all are individually in your own personal journeys. And then also just realizing how that's impacting a relationship. I feel like in the past, I used to take things personally when really the way that this person was operating a relationship was just a symptom of how they was operation operating individually. You know what I'm saying? If they were suffering in their mental health, there was no way that they, like, really had it to show up for me. And mm-hmm. instead of supporting them through that, I would be like, bye. Because now you're wasting my time. And um, I need a partner who's going to call me every day and do all this stuff. And now, after all of that situation has happened, I realize we weren't both right and we wasn't both wrong. It just was levels to it. You know what I'm saying?
1: I feel like I should have been more like that in my past.
0: Been more what? Like, I'm out this bitch. Yeah. I'm a real, I'm out this bitch type of girl. It's not always the best, you know? It's like that meme I posted on Instagram, and it was like, when people think you're the person that has abandonment issues, that will say, please don't leave me, but you're the type that'll pack up your stuff and never talk to them again. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) (laughs) yeah because i feel like um i do not believe in it's cheaper to keep her because the only person that's paying for it is you and don't let y'all have kids because they're gonna also pay for it too that you stay in a relationship that you're not happy in so um i think it's super important for your mental health to understand that your person is not going to fulfill all of your needs that's an unrealistic expectation because how can they meet their own needs if they're totally fulfilling all of yours? You have to fulfill a majority of your own happiness, your own peace, and then that person is just an addition to it. So that way, if they would decide to break up with you or if the relationship changes in any aspect, your mental health is still good because you realize the value of yourself. So, you're not putting so much value on a relationship that if you don't have them, your life is not as valuable. So, yeah, you gotta just be where your people are. That's another thing. Yeah. Like people who genuinely like you. Like, I mean, you don't have to be in a relationship just because that person likes you. You should like them back too. But, like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times in relationships, when people start to say, like, this person is being entitled, it's because they don't want to to give what the person needs. Like, are they really being entitled or are you just selfish? Because there's also, I feel like that aspect of it, like I've been in relationships before where it was like, I'm not asking for too much. This is literally bare minimum stuff. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: you're just not emotionally available to provide that. And that's fine. But I'm also not going to continue to be with you because I'm aware of my value and also what I need to be fulfilled in a relationship. And so even if in these other areas in my life I'm fulfilled, if I like my job to a certain extent or I have good relationships with my family or whatever it is, if that last thing is I'm in a relationship and it's causing me more stress than anything, I got to go. I got to go. I got to leave. Shout out to Vivian Green. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and invest in your other relationships. Don't get into a relationship and then be like, uh, no, I don't need friends anymore. I got my baby by my side. Like, (laughs) girl, and that's how you become real unhappy, codependent, and hyper-fixated on your relationship because now you ain't got nothing else going for you except that. Yeah, it's trash. It's trash. Did you want to add anything to mental health matters? What do you feel like? How do you, how have you in the past dealt with, have you had any mental health issues, I guess? Yeah. Dealing with the entitlement in relationships or just?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would just Get really stressed out When I felt like I wasn't getting what I Quote unquote deserved Mm -hmm. And I mean to be clear I did deserve a lot (laughs) (laughs) But Yeah If I felt like I wasn't getting What I Wanted Mm -hmm. I would stress out About why do they not want to be here? Mm. What did I do? Yeah. yeah, it was a whole thing. And if I didn't do that, then I would just start not being a good person in the relationship.
0: Damn. Yeah. You cheating back? <laughs> <laughs> um. That's like a whole nother conversation, but like, would you just cheat back and stay with some money or like would you break up if they cheated on you I
1: wouldn't now but in the past it would be like even if they didn't cheat because there were moments where they weren't cheating they were just being a shitty partner and it was just like okay well I'll just go get what I'm not
0: getting over here Mm mhm I was watching Brexit Family Values* the other day, and like one of the sisters, Trina, she was married to this dude, Gabe, and um, he was cheating her on her with her online. Like, so he wasn't like physically having sex with people, but he would be like online having conversations with multiple women, like really going up. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where he had like met with one woman and slept with her. And so, when she found out about it, she was like, oh, that's not a problem. She just found her nigga, cheated back with him, and she said it was good. It felt good. She liked it. She had a good time.
2: Damn.
0: <laughs> and then she continued to be in her marriage. Sometimes I feel like maybe that might be necessary. Mm-mm. Um, Not cheating back, perhaps, but I feel like a lot of people cannot dish Cannot take out the take the same energy that they dish out to people, mm-hmm. and you see that in relationships when somebody do cheat back or something like that because they feelings be so hurt and they be like, why would you ever do this to me? Or you could be in a situationship or not a monogamous relationship and they'll be all fucked up that you talking to somebody else besides them when they've been talking to several people the whole time. And it's like, no, you need a little taste of your own medicine so you can get know how to act right. My whole thing is that when you're in a relationship with people who devalue you, it's not just you, okay? Mm -hmm. They did it to the L partners. That's why they're not with their ass no more. So the best thing you can do is leave them alone so that they can have some personal growth. And if you want to teach them a lesson on the way out, I'm all here for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Humble them. A lot of people, they get into a long-term relationship and they think this is the best that this person can get. They cannot do better than me. So they have to continue to put up dealing with whatever it is that they're doing and stuff like that. And um, the best way to show them is to do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure my other relationships, they thought that I was never going to leave them. But when I'm ready, I'm be like, bye. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, once I'm out,
1: I'm out. Mm -hmm. There's no looking back.
0: I don't give ultimatums. I'm back to ultimatums, but that's Mm -hmm. because a story just popped in my head, but I just feel like I do make my needs, like I make it clear that this is what my expectation is. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I had like broke up with this girl um, because I asked her, do she want to be with me? And she said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's a yes or no question. If you don't know, then the answer is no. Yeah. And the truth is, there's truth to both things of that. You could clearly not know. Maybe you don't know with yourself. Maybe you're not sure about the person anymore and you not absolutely don't want to break up them, but you're still deciding. But... The point is, you can't be still deciding to start treating them all different and weird and shit and then think, like, they just going to still be sticking around and here for it. Like, yeah. I'm not doing that with you. So, like, I asked her, like, do you want to be with me? And she said, I don't know. And I was like, that means no to me. So, let's just break it right here, right now. We will not have to keep doing this. Because, to me, that is something that is an expectation. I expect you to want to be in this relationship. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, that's like the we're bare going? minimum. Literally bare minimum. <laughs> what to be here? Come on now. <laughs> I ain't trying to force nobody to be with me. You know. Yeah. That's not happy. This is a really long episode. Yeah, and we don't have a lot of time to just keep lollygagging. So let's just move on to the next segment. We got two more segments. Dang. So you want to jump into reality it in?
1: <laughs> but would just say the title
0: <laughs> um, Real It In is where we talk about movies So it's usually a movie that Has mm-hmm. something to do with what we're talking about So since the Topic at hand <laughs> Is entitlement in relationships And there's so many movies Like honestly this is a common theme In relationships so there's mm-hmm. so many movies That portray that mm-hmm. um, What was the first movie that you thought of?
1: The first movie I thought of was The Ugly Truth. Um, I feel like that movie goes along with people feeling like they're entitled to a certain version of you. hmm Like... The... guide main character... It was like he was under the impression that that was all a relationship was and all it needed to be, all it could be, Mm -hmm. was just us manipulating each other to have sex with each other.
0: And I don't even think that he was like under the assumption. I think that he was actively choosing to believe that because Mm -hmm. of his past experiences. Like he was saying that he'd been through a lot of different relationships with women and... For he felt used up by the end of that, and instead of just trying to correct his behaviors or grow to be into the version of him who could be with somebody that was capable of you know having a healthy relationship, he decided, I'm just gonna stop like being part of the whole thing, anyways. I'm not gonna do this no more. All I want to do is just like have sex with women, and that's all I need from them. Like, I don't need intimacy I don't need vulnerability nothing so since we're making this a sex-based relationship the only thing that I have to do is put in enough effort to get sex
1: yeah and then Shorty was like pretending to be a whole different person just to be with this guy and Mm -hmm. the guy honestly felt like that was that's the type of woman that women should be mm-hmm. instead of just being themselves because he was like i don't remember exactly what it said but basically like women he talked to in the past were like trying to control the relationship and do this and that and she was just like high strung super yeah.
0: attached mm-hmm. i think um Unfortunately, because of the patriarchy, a lot of men look at relationships with women as they are sex based and not like, you know, it's so much that they have to offer or whatever. And then on top of that, I feel like he was just emotionally unavailable. So he wanted to date women who wasn't going to put the pressure on him. To share his emotions You know what I'm saying He was like yeah I just want to talk to a girl Who's just going to be here And I think a lot of men lean towards Getting into relationships like that Because they don't really care about the happiness Of their partner They care about how much value Is this person added to my life I seen this TikTok once and this girl was saying that she personally believed that men seek relationships for like three reasons. And it's like, what's in proximity to them? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's actually in my area that I can get? And then it's like, okay, what can this woman do for me? Um, Mommy issues. And Mm. then um, there's also the aspect of how conveniently can this person fit into my life? You know, Mm -hmm. they don't think about relationships with women like they are also existing in their own reality as themselves. It's like they only see them as who they are to them. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So that was his problem. I feel like The main character, Katherine Heigl, she was kind of on the right track before she met Gerard Butler. He the one who filled her head with that nonsense to just pretend to be somebody else so she can get this guy. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But her main problem was that she was one of those list girls. You know what I'm saying? He's got to be this, this, this. This is the perfect guy for me. Mm -hmm. And in reality, her and the other dude ended up being more compatible for just genuinely being themselves. You know what I'm saying? And both of them learned that. Yeah. He, She was able to teach him that as he was trying to teach her how to be a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, but that was definitely a good movie. Check it out. What are we watching on Netflix? Um, we watched it on Stars, I think. So, the movie that I wanted to discuss today for Real It In is She's Gotta Have It. There are two versions of this, both available on Netflix right now. This is mm-hmm. a Spike Lee joint. The first one um, is... Majority black and white film. Yeah. Yeah. But that's on purpose. That's like part Mm -hmm. of the missing plots. But then the second film is like to me more modern, like just because when the first movie came out, I feel like Nola Darling was ahead of her time in her personality, Mm -hmm. her expectations for relationships, what it is that she wanted. It was not very common for women to like move like that in relationships because we're socialized. Mm -hmm. To look for monogamy. We're socialized. To look for marriage. Like, she was a whole different breed. I think Mm -hmm. part of it comes from her parents being artists and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... They're different people. Artists are, like... They think differently. They're more open-minded. It's, like, the creative side of them. And so, I feel like this movie was relatable to this. Because there's two different sides of it. The first thing is that she, like basically didn't want to be in a monogamous relationship and she wanted all of her partners to be okay that she was dating other people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, none of them... What, she wasn't nobody's girlfriend. She wanted mm-hmm. them to understand, like, I do not belong to you. hmm And... Uh, also, be available to me when I need you, but I just might not be available to you when you need me. Mm-hmm. She was, like, very self-centered with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then... Also, at the same time, there were so many people that were willing to be in relationship with her, even though she had all of these, like, things.
1: And none of them were satisfied with their relationship with her.
0: Yeah, none of them was. They all wanted monogamy, I feel like. Mm -hmm. They all at least wanted to be the main person. I feel like it's even more evident in the original film because, like, it's like that dinner scene when they all come to dinner and they decide, let's just go to Thanksgiving dinner together so we could pretend to be nice so she could keep fucking with us. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they were so thirsty over her, and I feel like that's where the manipulation comes in because there's an imbalance in power in a relationship so when one person is like controlling a complete narrative it creates this like longing to be with them you start to get obsessed a little bit you start to like want them more like y'all ever been dating somebody and they really wasn't feeling you like that so they'd be kind of blowing you off a little bit or whatever Mm -hmm. but something about that made you like them more (laughs) yeah i feel like i was that person that was more liking or more blowing them off blowing them off damn I was rude about it, though. Damn, baby. Um, I said all that to say, though, learn your own values and what's important to you in relationships. And then lead with that when you go into dating scenarios. Be clear what you want. You know what I'm saying? And let that be known. And that other person, y'all both have a responsibility to stop dating each other once y'all realize that y'all don't want the same things. And then, of course, there are people out there who want the same things as you and you just have to be patient and really just focus on yourself until you're in alignment with those people and they come into your life. Because that's just really what it is, is that like you are not the version of yourself that's going to attract these partners who also want to be like poly or open or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She really did want a monogamous experience. She just wasn't emotionally available enough to be with one partner. You know what I'm saying? And that's really what it was. So, I've been in situations before where I was dating somebody and I genuinely did like them, but I knew that we didn't want the same things. And as hard as it was for me to do it, but I had to like end it. I had to stop dating them. But I genuinely did like them, but it wasn't going to work. And sometimes that's just the truth. Like, if you know who you are and no matter how much you like a person, that's not going to change who you are deep inside. Yeah. So no matter how much you want to be with somebody, if they don't only want to be with you and you're looking for monogamous relationship, you're not ever going to be satisfied or fulfilled in that relationship
2: feel
0: I, I can't even say the word right no more like you know people try to act like Jocelyn is not that bitch but she's obviously influential like she's the baddest puta <laughs> <laughs> um well with that being said we can slide into for us bias where everything's black it's for us and it's biased Duh. I can't think of a song for this You want a song? I can't think of a song for this. Um. It should be. What about Black Parade by Beyonce? I'm talking or, about a song I can make up. Oh, that you can make up. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, I like my Jackson... Wait. See, look. I like my Negro nose with Jackson 5 nostrils. You know? Mm-hmm. That's very black to me. Um... So the first person we want to discuss today is Felicia Jeffrey. She's an entrepreneur and also um, an author of more than six books. And she said in 2022 alone, she was able to help over 100 black families secure more than $75. I'm sorry. <laughs> $75 each. No, I'm just kidding. $75,000 in unclaimed money. Do you know what unclaimed money is? Um, it sounds like some text. Talk. It's not tax at all, but say, like, um, this happened to me one time, I had unclaimed funds. And it was with T-Mobile, actually. I had, like, ended my contract with them and switched over to Verizon. And for whatever reason, I overpaid on a bill or something. So they owed me money. But mm-hmm. I closed the account before they could pay me that money. So the money goes into basically, like, this escrow account. And there's all these unclaimed funds for people all over the United States. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to, like, go and research and look up your name and see if there's any unclaimed funds there. And so basically... She writes different books to teach people how to, you know, capitalize on these situations. So the one book specifically is called The Treasure Hunter's Guide to Finding Unclaimed Money. So check it out if you're interested or just Google unclaimed funds and try and see what's going on because you might have some money floating out there. I'm going to look at that today. And shout out to her for educating people and just helping black families, you know, get their money back because it is ours. We yeah. took my reparations. Part of that is give me my money. I'm like, I'm it's not playing with you. It's
1: my outro. money and I need it now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I also want to talk about this week a new dating app. It's called Amour. I feel like, okay, I'm going to get into it. Now, this is black owned, of course. Um, This is a new innovative relationship building app that highlights new matching and messaging features that increase your chances of finding your
2: true love. Mm.
0: Yes. So Jonathan Joseph Jr. is the founder of this and he created this because he wanted to be like more realistic dating. He wanted it to be more compatibility based and also more affordable. So apparently it's a good price. It's not too crazy. You good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all The thing that really had me is like Him naming it Amor And I don't know if he's black And has Hispanic heritage But why is this a black app that the name Is in Spanish? The branding to me Is off, you know what I'm saying? It would have yeah. been more better if he went with like A Swahili word or something Just, you know, to make it seem extra black mm-hmm. I feel like Amore Amor, I just can't Get with it, I but I feel like When you say more, it just puts you in a different Mm headspace. Yeah. Like, next thing you know, you start visualizing them in front of the Alpha Tire and getting down with a ring. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you think. Well, shout out to him for creating this. I think it's cool when we see new Black Tech coming out. I love that. The only thing that is an issue for me with this is that I feel like when we do have apps... That are primarily for one group of people, then we see them start to get oversaturated with other groups of people. Like, so this is supposed to be an app specifically for black people. And then Mm -hmm. next thing you know, it's going to get oversaturated with people who are not black, but want to date black people. Mm -hmm. And to me, that negates the whole purpose of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I don't like that. Also like I mean there's other apps The ones that are like specifically for lesbians Or specifically for gay people And then you get on there and then it be couples mm-hmm. Like y'all annoying Stop it So yeah Check it out if you are in the dating scene You got a couple dollars to blow every month toward, To invest in your um, Pursuit of love mm-hmm. And y'all let us know how it go Because we haven't used the dating app Since we met each other yeah. <laughs> but um yeah what a time yeah in other news barbara clark ruiz is the first black designer and also woman designer not just black but woman and black which is a lot that we're seeing nowadays um to partner with cole's her brand is called tech gear and she's a renowned athletic apparel slash sportwear designer so this is huge for the black community. Um, I see a lot of these uh department stores really trying to get on the black wave now. Have you been to Target lately? I actually haven't been to Target in a minute. I'll tell you what. There is more black owned and produced products in Target than it is in the damn beauty supply store. They have really did a whole 180. I feel like in only just one year, they went from the black section to now there's like so much stuff and not just like hair care or skincare products there's like all type of shit art you know furniture clothing everything so shout out to you know corporate for trying to include us let's hope it's not just a money grab and let's hope that it is um, inclusive and also long term um
1: I while I am proud of the individuals that are getting their products into these stores it is speaking of money grab it is interesting that they're doing this when things like department stores are starting to close and shit mm-hmm. mm like is it because you all know that we will go out of our way to spend our money, mm-hmm. and that's what's gonna keep you open or keep you relevant or whatever?
0: Yeah, I think that the best thing that you can do is do your research on certain companies, and you can see if they money where they mouth is. So like you could easy. Google calls and black community, Google like you know change up the wordage a little bit and see like what you can find on them and see are they really doing the work otherwise besides trying to capitalize off of you know black people mm-hmm. is they putting money back into communities? what are they doing? you know what I'm saying what's what's really good and that's how I know if I want to spend my money or patron something you know what I'm saying so yeah, yeah. Have you um partici- <laughs> have you participated in the Black Girl follow train? No, no <laughs> <laughs> I posted like one post, but literally I got like twelve follows. I was like, clearly, I'm not the type that's gonna get popular off of the black Girl follow train. Mm-hmm. Um part of it is that I my the content that I produce it it can be considered. controversial, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? I speak about a lot of stuff that, to me, are very um, normalized in society, like different religions. I talk about Christianity, you know what I mean? I talk about like homophobia. I talk about fucking spirituality, witchcraft, angel numbers. Everybody don't be on it. I actually seen one girl last week, and it humbled me. It was like exactly with the LOL Kalia situation. And she was like, I'm just going to let you know right now, if you follow me from the Black Girl Follow Train and I go to your page and you're talking about tarot cards, anything like demonic, she went on as a list. And I was on the list, baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was like, I'm not following you back because that's just not in alignment with who I am as a person. And I just was like, damn, like that makes sense now to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I feel like. This is super cool. Black people supporting black people. That's something that we complain about all the time. It's like other black people just do not give people to follows. But outside of the follows, we need to see interaction with content because mm-hmm. that's really what's going to grow somebody's platform. Because if you got, you know, 50,000 followers, but only a thousand of them is liking your posts, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. not really getting you out there as far as like getting those brand deals and stuff like that. Um, but I do, did want to talk about this because it did make a lot of people upset that they was doing the follow train in the first place, just because they don't like to see black people win. That's my personal perspective. Yeah. Um, this week in my class, I'm taking a like sociology class. So this week we're talking about, uh, inequity and like just the wealth gap period, because of that. And the thing is, we talk about this all the time in like apps like TikTok, Instagram and stuff. They're going to push certain content creators. White is going to be the most thing. If you are cute, that's going to be the next thing. Y'all know what I mean by cute, because I think I'm cute. But am I Instagram cute? No. Um, Different stuff, you know what I'm saying, that's that's further going to propel, I guess, your social media career and stuff like that so they don't like to see when regular basic ass people is getting ahead in life like the chicken salad lady like so many people was complaining about her like getting on Mm -hmm. and it was just like why are you mad because she got on just from doing some regular stuff like saying that salad was good <laughs> they want us to have to work so hard and to struggle and to get it out the mud, and so that really gets them pissed off when they see somebody getting twenty five thousand followers in one day just because black people decided to support other black people, yeah, y'all are sick. Sorry, <laughs> did you hear about um? Uh, Last year, this family they're called the Bruce family they had like they, they were suing the state of California for all of this beachside property that apparently they ancestors owned, but they was like pushed off of the property.
2: Mm-mm.
0: Well, they acquired it through the lawsuit and they just sold it back to the state of California for 20 million dollars. Oh. Yeah, that's a come up. So basically after the land was evaluated they had like several people come in and they have two plots of land that was evaluated 10 million dollars each and they decided that it would be better for their family to go ahead and just uh sell the land back and then take the 20 million dollars to redistribute that wealth or like you know what i'm saying try and find other ways to invest it because unless they was going to build a hotel or something like you know what i'm saying what was they going to do with that land yeah so shout out to them um Apparently, their family was Charles and Willa Bruce, who originally owned the land, and they was ran off in, like, 1924 by the KKK. So, they just was like, I'm tired of living here. And um, just left, and then people just started taking ownership of it like they usually do. That's crazy. Yeah. So, what are you making time for this week, baby? I'm going to make time for...
1: A nap. Mm, yes. And I'm gonna make time for time management. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to... I'm gonna make time for cooking. I feel like I was doing good mm-hmm. for like a
0: week. You was doing good. You know, it's really hard to stay into our um, routines when the kids get here. Because yeah. whatever they need kind of takes priority over... Our needs, in a sense, yeah, um, not completely, because like we were saying, we do have boundaries and everything like that. But for the most part, it's like you know, okay, let me get these kids ready, let me do this and do this, and then by the time the end of the day, you realize you didn't really get a majority of the things that you had planned to do. So yeah, I'll support you in that. You know, I got your back. Appreciate it. What you making time for? um mm. <laughs> mm. I'm like not in the mood to make commitments for anything, um, cause I don't want to let myself down. So. That's real. I don't know. I guess I'm just making time to be present with my feelings. I'm down. Huh? That even feels like a hard commitment. <laughs> well, you already doing it. You right. Thank you. Man. Well, without further ado.
2: I'll be